Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. You're listening to the FT Money Show from Investors Chronicle and FT Money. Hello and welcome to the FT Money Show. In today's programme, £50 billion from the Bank of England, but will it make any difference to the cost of your mortgage? Putting a property into your pension, is it still a good idea and is it tax efficient under the new tax rules? Making investment decisions, the world's leading behavioural psychologist explains why we're so bad at it. And we have some good news and bad news on using a credit card on holiday. I'm Matthew Vincent, and I'll be giving you the lowdown on all of these money matters in downloadable form with the help of my colleague from FT Money, Charlene Goff. Hello. So let's start with the money news. On Monday this week, the Bank of England announced a £50 billion special liquidity scheme to help Britain's mortgage lenders borrow money more easily on the money markets. Then just a day later, the Chancellor of the Exchequer summoned the mortgage lenders to number 11 Downing Street and wouldn't let them out until they'd pledged to support borrowers in difficulty. So the question is, is this the the end of the credit squeeze and finally the time when mortgage costs start to come down in line with the Bank of England base rate? Um, Charlene, uh, I haven't noticed a a sudden flood of cheap mortgage offers. No. Um, No, we haven't seen that yet. And the big question is, will we start to see that over the next few weeks? Um, unfortunately, uh, it may not feed through to better costs for borrowers. Um, you know, it's a big headline rate, big help, but the Bank of England was very insistent that this was not designed to fund new lending or even necessarily to bring mortgage costs down or stave off a house, uh, the housing um, market problems. What it was really um, aimed at was kind of clearing up lenders' old books, um, which, you know, doesn't seem to be bringing much help for actual borrowers. It's more um, sort of market issues which were a bit technical for, you know, the likes of the average borrower to understand. So it's really to do with the... Uh, the, the mortgage assets that they had on their books last year that, are, that other banks are worried about yeah. and, and, and are causing the, the logjam in the, in the money market. Yeah, and that has been a big issue. I mean, that's one of the main reasons that lenders haven't been doing new lending, haven't been able to um, offer better mortgage rates is because their access to funding has been so squeezed because they won't lend to each other. So theoretically freeing up um, more money into the system and restoring confidence and getting them to lend to each other again should 
eventually feed back down to lower costs for borrowers. But that is likely to take time. Um, we're not expecting many good new deals to appear, to appear in the market, at least for the next few weeks. Um, and then we'll have to take it from there. Maybe later into the summer, um, we could see mortgage rates finally start to come down a bit for borrowers. And I suppose another thing which um, people shouldn't overlook is that this special liquidity um, scheme comes at a cost yeah. to, the, uh, to, to the mortgage lenders. They, they have to exactly. pay for the privilege of being able to swap their assets with the Bank of England. They do, and it's quite a steep price, actually. So I think that's um, you, you've hit the nail on the head there. That's the reason it's not necessarily going to filter through to cheaper costs. I mean, the idea is that um, it, they'll pay this premium to begin with, so it will be no cheaper than borrowing at the LIBOR rate, the wholesale rate, which is still sort of 6%. But if, you know, there's more liquidity, there's more confidence, gradually LIBOR should come down and with it their fee will come down. So once, you know, the scheme's uh, going and, you know, banks are using it, we could see the their cost of borrowing start to come down and then they can pass it on. Um, but initially it is very expensive for them, which means they still can't afford um, rates anywhere near the base rate, unfortunately. So no quick fixes uh, no. as yet. Well, you can read the latest on the impact of the Bank of England's intervention on both the mortgage market um, and indeed uh, the gilts market in the New Look FT Money in the weekend FT on the 26th and 27th of April and online at ft.com forward slash money. You can also send in your questions by emailing us at ask.ftyourmoney at ft.com. Still to come, investor psychology. Can it help you make or save money? And we have some good news and bad news on foreign currency transactions on a credit card. But first, putting property in your pension. In the run-up to the end of the tax year on 6th of April, many investors rushed to transfer commercial property holdings into a SIP, a self-invested personal pension, to take advantage of lower tax charges. But with property values showing little sign of recovery and capital gains tax now at 18%, is it still a good idea? To find out, Alice Ross of FT Money spoke to Malcolm Small, Director of Portfolio and Retirement Planning at the Tax Incentivised Savings Association, or TISA as it's known, uh, and discussed the rules for um, self-invested personal pensions. She began by asking him why so many business owners were in a hurry to transfer commercial property into a SIP earlier this month. For many people, there was a perceived advantage in completing before the end of the tax year because of the changes in capital gains tax. Uh, for many people, the uh, effective rate of tax they were going to pay um, in terms of selling their property uh, would go up from 10% to 18%. So if investors haven't transferred the property into their SIP before the 6th of April, what's their situation now? Is it still relevant for them to do that? It's still highly attractive for businesses to put a property into a self-invested personal pension because the rent from the property is rolled up free of tax within the pension fund. Mm -hmm. And the capital gains tax rate of 18% is still very attractive compared with the high rate of 40% that is the highest rate that taxpayer will pay in this country. I think something that providers were also saying was that people were actually taking out SIPs before the end of the tax year purely in order to... Um, 
to take advantage of that tax rate on their property. Is this something that people would still want to think about doing now as well? The self-invested personal pension market, or the SIP market, has undergone a boom over the last few years, driven by people's desire to control their own pension fund. And I think strategically that, that boom, if you like, is going to continue. The market has expanded in many multiples over the, the last 10 years, has huge funds under administration, under management, and we see that continuing. And we see it as still highly attractive for business owners to hold uh, their commercial property, commercial premises within a self-invested personal pension. We've covered the tax advantage of moving a commercial property into a SIP. Um, you, the 18% tax rate when you transfer it in is still a good thing for a high-rate taxpayer. But what other advantages are there to holding commercial property within your pension? The big advantage is that the rent paid on the commercial property, which is, of course, now held by the trustees of the pension fund rather than uh, by the individual or business direct, the, the rent is paid into the pension fund, rolls up free of tax, and adds to the value of the pension fund when it's time to encash the pension fund either as income drawdown or as an annuity. Just to expand on that a little more, if you are using the commercial property as income drawdown, how can that help to preserve the value of your fund? Rent from commercial premises clearly is a pretty stable income stream. And in retirement, if the business continues to uh, occupy the, the premises and pays rent to the pension fund, effectively that rent can represent a very safe and secure income stream for the, the retired business owner or managing director of the business. So you're not reliant on an equity portfolio in your pension fund to provide income drawdown, which of course is a, a potentially risky route in that equity values, as we've seen just recently, can go very much down as well as up. And this can mean that if you are too heavily in equities, you can wind up eating your own pension fund and running out of money, which is one of the main risks with income drawdown. That was Alice Ross of FT Money talking to Malcolm Small of Tizer. And for full details of how and when you should hold property in a pension, look out for Alice's article in FT Money on the 26th and 27th of April. Coming up, we have good news and bad news on using your credit card abroad. Before that, though, the psychology of investing. A new book by the father of behavioural economics, Richard Thaler, attempts to explain why, when we're faced with certain options, we will consistently make the wrong choices, which can be rather unfortunate and costly if that choice is to buy investment A rather than investment B. In fact, Thaler argues that people should be offered options that work with rather than against their unreasoning tendencies. And these foolproof choices uh, he calls nudges. One of these nudges, in fact, has been turned into a highly successful savings scheme in the US, which is called Save More Tomorrow. So how does it work, and what can investors gain from being nudged? Well, to find out, Ellen Kelleher from FT Money went for a coffee with Richard Thaler in New York. So, Dr. Thaler, you've recently come out with a book that explores why people make decisions. Can you, can you describe why you wrote the book? Well, I'm an economist by training, and my co-author, Cass Sunstein, is a legal scholar. And we're, we're both interested in the psychology of decision-making and behavioral economics. 
which is the field that combines economics and psychology. And what we've been trying to do is think about how we can take the lessons of behavioral economics and use them to design institutions, both in the private sector and the public sector, to improve people's lives, make, make it easier for people to make good decisions as judged by themselves. And your thoughts on money. Can, can people make more money or, or save more money by following your principles? One of the big lessons in our book is that we're all busy, we're all absent-minded, we're all a bit lazy, and we never get as much done as we want. And one of the solutions to these problems is to make as many things as possible automatic. So, and and Cass and I are, uh, we, we, we both have uh, a disease that's known as formophobia, that a- any form that has to be filled out just gives us the willies and we never get around to doing it. So uh, ba- paying bills is not one of our specialties either. So we've both signed up for as many automatic bill payment systems as we can. So at least we don't pay late fees on our credit cards. And the other thing that we push is to encourage people to have automatic savings devices. And another collaborator of mine, Shlomo Benarzi, he and I have devised something that we call Save More Tomorrow, which is an approach to help people save. And the way that works is if their saving is at their place of work, they can sign up for a plan whereby every time they get a raise, they increase the percentage that they contribute to the savings plan. And in the first company that adopted this, we tripled the saving rates of the people who've joined. The plan is now offered in thousands thousands of companies in the U.S. and is catching on all around the world now. Are there any other suggestions you'd make to someone who is, say, looking at saving more money or in a pension plan and looking to increase savings rates other than uh, to kind of make or take advantage of any automatic enrollment plans they might have? Well, the the other advice I would give is that one, one of the biggest problems people have is overconfidence. So... Lots of people think that they're very canny traders, and most of them aren't. And the best way of curing yourself of this particular disease is to just start keeping track. And so if you follow your investments and your trading strategies, you'll probably find that actually you're not as good a trader as you think. In one study of individual traders... Uh, the the study found that the stocks that people sell do better than the stocks that they buy by about 3% a year. So if they just kept on to what they had, they would do better. So uh, we think their best strategy is to pick a sensible asset allocation and leave it alone. And the advice I always give is to skip the financial pages and just read the sports section. That was Ellen Kelleher talking to Richard Thaler, whose book Nudge is out now. 
And finally today, it's good news, bad news on taking your credit card on holiday. Um, Charlene, the bad news when you take your credit card away with you is that you often come back to a statement which includes fees, interest charges that you just weren't expecting to be quite so high. Yeah, that's right. It can be really expensive to use a credit card um, abroad. And, you know, whether you're in France or Australia, they tend to um, impose these big percentage charges when you withdraw money from ATMs or use it even in restaurants or shops. You know, you get the exchange rate that the bank sets, which may not be that competitive. And on top of that, you get a two, two and a half percent fee just for exchanging that back into sterling. So it can be, be very expensive if you use your card a number of times while you're abroad. So what's the good news that we have this week for holidaymakers? Well, the good news is that Abby has launched a new credit card. It's calling it the Zero credit card, which sounds good. Sounds good. Um, and basically what this card does is takes away those extra charges when you're taking money out abroad or using your credit card to pay for meals or hotel bills, etc., when you're abroad. So you still get the exchange rate that Abby sets, but you don't get the extra two or, you know, expensive charges. So that makes it a lot cheaper. Um, the card also has waived the fee for taking money out in the UK. Usually that's a very expensive thing to do as well with credit cards, although that's not still not uh, particularly good way to get money because they still whack you with a big old interest charge. You pay, you pay more interest, don't yeah. you? But, uh, but, but no fee for the, cash, for the cash withdrawal? No, not actual fee, but that will only actually save you probably £2 or, or something in that region, but you still have to pay big interest. Yeah. So taking money out overseas as well, you would still get that interest rate charge, uh, but it would be cheaper than getting it out on any other card you might have in your wallet. But I suppose, really, if you know you're going overseas and you want a bit of cash... There are, there are much cheaper ways of getting a decent exchange rate on the, even on the high street, the post office. Yeah, there are. For the cash you can use, it's just for those occasions where you want to put it all on a credit card and not worry about the money too much. Which is kind of what you should do on holiday. Exactly. In, in, in many ways. Well, if you'd like more um, details of the um, Abbey Zero credit card, um, it's actually the deal of the week um, in uh, FT Money with the Weekend FT on the 26th and 27th of April. And that's all for this week's FT Money Show. Do remember that you can email your views and your questions to ask.ftyourmoney at ft.com. And we'll be back next week with another financial lowdown in downloadable form. But until then, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from Charlene. Goodbye. Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.